Peter, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me. And maybe this is, we can blame planets. We can blame stuff. I have the worst taste in automotive care of anyone. And I was driving around town and maybe you'll know where this is. Uh, the Midtown Bowl, you know where Midtown Bowl is, where it's yes, 13 and 400, and there's that weird BP gas station that's also kind of a service center? Our When I was in advertising school, our end of the quarter parties were at Midtown Bowl. One of our friends got <laughs> mugged at gunpoint, and someone else we knew got shot there. We went to the roller skating rink the other day for an adult like couple's roller skating night, uh-huh. and then there was a shooting there the following couple's night at the roller skating rink. There's a lot of events that happen, but you could see from the Midtown Bowl, you can see this service center. And at no point, at, at no point did I think it was a good idea that I had chosen this service center to get a new tire for our shared vehicle. So I go there and I was like, I need, you know, I need two tires. They said, that's not a problem. That's what we do. We're a service center. Let me look at those wheels. And then he said, we got to order the tires. I said, because it's a special tire. And he said, yeah, special tire. So when will they be here? He said, tomorrow. I said, this is quick. He said, it could have been same day if you ordered it by 9 a.m. I was like, well, how would I know? But it could have been same day, Peter. So today, she said, I'll call you when the tires get here. I said, I'm paying. Let me just pay for it. I want to be done with this. Foolish, <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> you, you dumb, you dumb idiot. So <laughs> I call her today, Peter. She's just seeing dollar signs. <laughs> yeah, dude. They charged the shit out of me. Uh, I call her today and say, hey, you know, did the tires come in? She said, we did get two tires. What's your name? And I was like, I wonder if it was my two tires. She then tells me the name of the tires like I would know what that mean it was like cling on to me it wasn't even like oh i've heard spanish before i could pick up some things and this was like alien language and i was like i don't know what's the name on it and then she said my name and um she said they're here the tires are here i said great can i come and she said no uh the mechanic is in the emergency room so he had to go away for the day from all mechanical duties she didn't tell me why or what the deal was or if it was that bad. She didn't sound like it didn't sound life altering. You know, like what day are you going to have to learn how to live without that limb, Peter? I mean, I'm just picturing the accident that happened while he was working at the shop to end him up in the hospital. Hopefully it wasn't a clamp of the finger by these fancy tires. I can assume they're fancy by the tag I was given on them. Uh, so we're now on day three tomorrow. Uh, I think Alley Catch lands pretty early. She's coming into town for Lady Gaga. And I don't think I'm going to have a tire on this car yet. So uh, this will not be out except for two people on Patreon. Allie, you're going to have to take the train and start walking. Because I don't know if he's going to be out of the ER yet. I don't want to rush this guy. I already paid for the tires. If they were changed, they could have been changed. Maybe I should have gone to a national chain, Peter. Maybe I shouldn't have supported small business. Yeah, fucking right. I'm supporting small business. And here's my, this is my plea. This is my bargain. This is my, uh, what do you call it when you, barter. This is my barter. They have a sick Winston cigarette sign. I'll remove this part of the podcast 
where I talk shit about how this has not gone well for my vehicle if you just give me that cigarette sign and let me put it in my house. I will have to bring it back because there's no way he's going to let me no. put that up in the, with the art in the house. The Winston cigarette uh, aluminum sign from this bygone era. Well, either way, I mean, I'm also the guy who ran the car into a concrete post the day after we got it out of the body shop. So could you guys quote me another one? <laughs> Can we do another quote here? I'm not good at cars. I admit it. Uh, you've driven with me plenty. You've seen my charm. I had to eat a speeding ticket with you one time so that we would not go to jail, I guess, was the other option. You handled it excellently, but we were just talking about roller coasters before uh, yes. popping on the podcast, and that is what I'm reminded of when thinking of your driving. My driving is a bit like a roller coaster. It is a ride. We do get there safely. Uh, it's I weirdly felt safe, but uncomfortable. <laughs> It lets me see a different side of everyone because I'm going to see whatever panic, nervous tick they have that goes off when they're nervous because I cannot. Me behind the wheel of a car? I don't know. I wouldn't trust it. And I, I used to have to do it a lot more, but now I'm sort of free of the bond of vehicles. Uh, Peter, I went to the bank and it happens almost every time I'm at the bank. Uh, that I have to do this, which hasn't been too many times, honestly. Ooh, Peter made me some hot tea. We're we're meeting tonight a little later. I go to the bank, and I'm exchanging foreign currency. <laughs> you laugh. Wait, the, I thought about this when I saw the Patreon post of the money and thinking about how he's going to have to deal with that. I'm going to have to deal with it. I still found out I'm not charging enough to Canadian fans. So Canadian fans who did not tell me that this is well below retail what I'm charging, it's shame on me. It's never shame on you. Take the deal. Take the money and run. I'm an idiot. I went and I, I give her the, the plastic money. It is made of plastic, Peter. Give her the plastic money. She counts it out and says, sir, I'm so sorry. I was like, what? And then proceeds to tell me the exchange rate. I was like, you don't have to apologize for the the exchange rate. And then she was like, sir, I'm also sorry. I was like, what? And she's like, there's a bank fee. And she was like, but guess what? And I was like, what? The bank fee is in American money, not in Canadian money. And I was like, that's not correct. This should be the other way around. You should tell me that the bank fee is in Canadian money. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry about that too, sir. <laughs> it got mixed up. And it was just sorry after sorry after sorry of me exchanging Canadian currency. I wish the bank fee was in Canadian currency. Is it a requirement that they have to say sorry if you're exchanging Canadian money? It's possible that it is. This is the reason. Uh, she said she was explaining the, the euro. We were talking about the euro because for a minute there, as they say in the meme world, uh, it's called soccer now because the euro hit 99 cents to a dollar. So that. the euro was less than a dollar, uh, but it, it goes up and down. It fluctuates. She said that people will yell at her when they're going to exchange for euros to go on vacation over the exchange rate being different on Google. And she's like, do they not understand that like the Google and the banks are different entities? 
And so I think Google's just trying to rile up a revolution. You say you want a revolution? Well, you know, if you Google the currency exchange, you're going to be wrong. And you're going to get a dollar four to the euros one, you bastards. There's been a five cent fluctuation in the euro price. All right, I don't like going to the bank. I live very close to the bank. You know, the there's a shooting at my bank the other day. Well, not in my bank, personally. I left the house, Peter. This is after the weekend and after I got home. Did you see anything about the... I don't... This story's going to be... so many... Sh- we, we had another big one this week, and the thing that was crazy about it <laughs> is it was someone who... Uh, found out something on the company they worked for. Did you hear about this one? No, but I like where it's going already. They, they found out... Office space is where I'm going Yeah, essentially. It. And they were going... They had contacted the FBI about doing an investigation, and their bosses had a connection at her apartment complex Okay, and broke into her apartment and stole all the documents. <laughs> And then she showed up in Midtown and shot both of them and fled to the airport. Okay, yeah, so this is the one I'm talking about. I didn't know that there was an espionage element to this. Where I was going to go with my version of this story at Colony Square shooting that I didn't know how okay, to do Okay, yeah, we're talking about the same The line. underground FBI is, Allie, you're taking the train. It's a very efficient train because I left to go to the gym and AJ was like, duck for cover there's a shooter. And I was like, where's the shooter? And he was like, Colony Square. I was like, oh, that's at least a quarter mile from me at at most. That's pretty far, right? It doesn't matter. And so I proceeded to go to the gym. I figured the safest place in Atlanta right now is the men's sauna. You know, they're looking for a female culprit. We're all hunkered down in the steam room, just protecting each other. That's how it goes. (laughs) So you're telling me between the 20 minutes of, and I'm getting the text while I'm like in the sauna too, where he's like, watch out. I think they caught him. You know, like I'm getting the updates via Bluetooth and kind of <laughs> filling everybody in. Guys, I think they, that train got her to the airport so quick. The MARTA is so efficient that they were like, we're searching for someone in Midtown. Just kidding. They were already south of town at the airport because of how efficient the MARTA is. You know what's even more efficient than the MARTA? The plane train. I'm going to have to ride the plane train this weekend. I rode the plane train out of town too, but I did have to go to Canada to begin my weekend at Effie's. What's odd is the original cities for Friday and Saturday, Charlotte and Atlanta, originally would be places I would drive to, and we'll get there. We're going to get to the driving. But I'm flying in from Canada now to go to these southern towns and kind of fulfill my memphis destiny which i can't bring it up on the show peter but i got a phone call yesterday and i'm gonna have to make a phone call when we finish up here that my memphis legacy may yet be complete and so buckle up america because double f may have to fuck on him if you know what i mean that's all i can say so i'm going to canada they fly me delta into canada which is super lit I get all my bags checked. I show them my smile. They get a copy of my passport. I fill out the arrive can. Now, here's the thing. When I originally did my arrive can, which is what you have to do every time you go into Canada, I was set up as an essential worker. Because, I mean, like, 
if you think about the health of the country of Canada during COVID, it was fucking essential that I be there. And so multiple occasions, I essentially went to Canada. And what I didn't know, I tell the lady at the counter, and usually Delta, they're incredible about this. I tell her, I go, it's an essential worker QR code. It's universal. I don't have to do it every time. She said, no, you have to do it for this trip. So I go, I was like, no, you got to scan it. She's like, no, you have to have one for this trip. And I was like, well, I can't add another me to the profile that's me. Like, it's like, no, this is you. And I guess the app looks different if this isn't. I delete the profile. I didn't have to delete the profile. I had to redo a whole profile there and redo the whole thing and set it all up. Guys, I'm. this isn't a commercial, but I'm very good at airports. I handled my arrive can forms, redid them. I did it not as an essential worker anymore. I feel like we're past that and maybe we won't have to do it for much longer. But I didn't need to delete my profile and clear got me right through the gate and all the way to Toronto, Canada. Now, here's what's weird. They're very polite in Canada. And Allie texted me because we were convening in Toronto. And I figured this out when I got there. It's not pronounced Toronto. It's pronounced Toronto. 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 And like at a certain point in the trip for me, I was pronouncing it Chong. Have you ever been in Chong, Ontario? Chong. It's beautiful. It is. I've, I've spent a little bit of time in Canada, and it's really beautiful. The architecture is lovely. The The water feels clean. The Everything being sort of in, uh, they don't call it Queen's measures. What do they call it? Imperial measurements? Mm-hmm. What are we under? Standard. That's, that's the most fucking American right? bullshit. So wait, you're telling me like kilometers and... Uh, what is it? It's not called kiloliters. <laughs> what is it called? Liters, millimeters. That's imperial, right? That's imperial, yeah. And we call the other one standard? Standard. We are the fucking butt of and every we're the, joke. We're the only ones that use it. Okay, I think we're going to call this way. We're the only ones that does it normal, regular, standard. We're going to call your way little dainty queen's way imperial conquest. Like, what a fucking joke. Standard. Uh, Miles and kilometers are different measurements. And so when you look at the food, it's like in, is it grams? Is grams the measurement or is that the standard measurement? Kilos. Kilos. Like you would buy a kilo of bananas. Well, yeah, but you can have kilograms and grams, right? Right. And then like, what's under a gram? A milligram? Milligram. Okay, well, the food, it makes you feel cool because you're like, it looks like it's from another place. I guess it is from another place. It's from Canada. Um, I did have poutine right away. Love poutine. The Toronto airport, the, sorry, Toronto airport, the Toronto airport is beautiful, luxurious. Uh, customs is hilarious to me. We And we'll have a good custom story on the way out because we were looking at the line going, this is fucked. You get in and they kind of ask you questions. And what you've learned as a traveler in all of my experiences is like, don't complicate it. Don't give them any complication. And I'm the king of complication because uh, I'm excited about what I do as a professional wrestler. So I go in. It says I'm an athlete. And she said, oh, are you doing a contest? And I said, yes, it's a wrestling contest. And she said, 
uh, are you going to win? And I said, probably not. And she goes, well, all that matters is we do our best. And I was like, yes, that is all that matters. They let you write into Canada. There's like no, they didn't even ask for the QR code, the whole thing where the ladies in Atlanta going, you have to have your QR code. No, you don't. You don't have to have anything. They scan you with this robot that like the robot is kind of intense. Okay. They used to just, so before you even get to the person, they still have a person at one point that's like, I'm going to check this person to person, but they have this robot thing where you like scan your passport and then it like rises from the fucking droid station above to take a picture of you and like scan you down. And I guess, cause I'm like, I don't know, like six, four, I'm like a fed six, four, you know about fed heights, right? Peter? No. Like, okay. So like Hulk Hogan in the fed height was like six foot seven. But Hulk Hogan, well, Terry Balea was like six four and a half minus osteoporosis in recent years. So like your Fed height is like like I'm a six foot tall male, but like my Fed height is I'm like six two. And then if I wear my little primpy boots, which a lot of boys do have the primpy boots at that level because they want the additional height plus the the freaking worker height, the Fed height. So, like, I mean, if you could be a shoot 5'11 and tell people you were a fed 6'3 and nobody would bat an eyelash if you've got on the boots and you're just, like, confident and you got a big old barrel chest. People don't believe Ryback was possibly 5'2. I saw Ryback in person. He wore a 5X shirt because he's so wide. They have to turn him sideways to get him through doors. That man ain't over 5'2. They said he made the fudge stripe cookies for a while. I'm going to get in trouble for this. I keep getting in trouble for for just saying stuff wildly, Peter. So I have to be careful about what I say here. Everyone, I have no feuds with anyone. Uh, wrestling is all about competition-based. And I don't want to have any... Uh, I don't want to have any personal problems or struggles with any superstars out there. And I don't want anyone to think that I have any problems with any of my competitors. So... We are all friends, and we do this out of the competitive spirit of our heart to better ourselves. Iron sharpens iron. You don't even believe it, do you? No. It doesn't sound like it. Uh-uh. I've been fighting my way through combat. I'm I'm really leaning into the uh, freeing yourself and coming to terms with enlightenment through violence. This weekend was it's violent. A path. I mean, it's totally a viable option. It's It's happening, and we're making our way. We went to Canada, and Toronto was beautiful. We were picked up, and uh, Charlie, a.k.a. Gringo Loco, who I was fighting that night, was already in town, picked us up. We went to the hotel. We got everything handled. Everything was going according to plan. And famously, Bussy had to get uh, carbon and coffee. So we order a little brunch. We rest up. We're like, when are we going to go? We get an Uber. We got to hang out with uh, La Estrella, which is, I think, Spanish for the star. La Estrella. And he's not Spanish or Mexican. He's from Japan, I think. And he was a Dragon Gate superstar, so he's got like kind of a legacy. This tea is delicious, Peter. He's got like a legacy of that high-flying, deep cruiserweight style that electric uh the electric sort of uh remnants of ultimo dragon i told somebody on twitch say ultimo dragon is my favorite wrestler and i think the idea is that every time i am asked who my favorite wrestler is 
I'm going to change it. But I thought about Ultimo Dragon today because he had many belts, many championships, very cool masks. Uh, looks like a dragon, but also was a man. Uh, and La Estrella also looks like a star and a man. I didn't see any of the matches. We were in Toronto and went and got coffee. But here's what I did see. I was wearing my houndstooth pants. My little... My mom got me houndstooth Adidas pants. They're adorable. They have the zippered pockets like I like, so nothing falls out. They have patterns on them. And Peter, for my own health, my dad saw me. We'll get to that this weekend. And I'm going to cue you in on one of the quotes early here. He said, uh, don't lose any more weight. Now, last summer, Peter, I was 178 pounds when we started this podcast, I believe. It's a dangerously low weight for me to be at. Today, standing in front of you, I am 200 pounds, okay? I'm a big, thick boy. I have muscles. I have my little tummy. I have big old legs. I have big old conquesting buttocks. (laughs) (laughs) And I am proud to be a big, thick man. I'm in these houndstooth pants, and an older gay gentleman comes up to us. Outside of this coffee shop is a rainbow bench. And we sit down, myself and Allie, in the rainbow bench and have Gringo Loco take a photo of us. This man comes up and he's 72 years old. How do I know? He told us. He says, those pants, they look beautiful. I said, thanks. My mom got them for me. I think they look pretty cute. And he said, well, can I feel the fabric? And I said, of course you can. And he rubbed the fabric down my leg. And I love this. They're looking at me like, come on, homie. Like, what's up, homie? Are you good? And I'm like, I'm great. This is my this is my thing. And so he goes and sits down. We keep taking pictures. And as I'm walking by, he goes, oh, and thank heavens they look even better in motion. And I started doing a little shimmy for him. And I did my little dance. Because I agree, they do look better in motion. <laughs> And I gave him a full little shimmy motion. It was very fun to do. And I like being flirted with by older men. Okay, I'll just admit it here. It's fun to have old men flirt with you. And I never want to make anyone uncomfortable. But when I'm an old man, probably going to flirt with you. Probably just going to say, those pants look better in motion. That's creative flirting. That's not like, look at that pudding dripping from the shelves or something. That's like... I'm going to like, oh, wow, the shimmy of the pattern on that thick ass makes me think of you in a in a positive light. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I was in the main event match. Now, we're backstage before this contest begins. There's a fella, and I got I should have gotten his name, and I fucked up here. But he unzips a backpack hastily, Peter. And now, Peter, you are from... What not the Serengeti? I was about to say the Serengeti, East Coast Africa, East Coast Africa, mm-hmm. uh, Kenya's literally on the coast of the Kenya. Indian Ocean. So, you're familiar with some species that maybe I'm not. This man pulled a whole dang boa constrictor out of this dang bag, <sighs> put it on himself, and ran away. And then he ran back and said, Oh, I was early, and put the snake back in the bag and zipped it and then walked away. And, and me and Gringo Loco just looked at each other like, was that was that a boa constrictor? Was that what that was? 
That was it was crazy. He brought it out later for the match. It was like a whole thing. There is, and you're not supposed to admit to some stuff. I want to be honest and raw in this podcast uh, about everything. I was a little bit thrown for a loopy loop from one of the parts of this match. So there's a photo of me later taken with that snake and Marcus Mathers and myself. I don't remember that photo being taken, but I don't think I would have agreed to just stand there with the snake. This wasn't like, I'm not scared of snakes like Cole Radrick, like we're walking down Venice and like, oh, he backs up four feet because there's a snake. But like, I also don't need to subject myself possibly to snakes. I was walking the dog the other day and there's one house on this street that I walk the dog on that doesn't have anyone living there. And there was a snake in the road. So I've had a lot of snakes in my life. And here's what I know about snakes, Peter. You talked about them last week on the podcast. And now I have two instances of snakes that have entered my world. Was that on the Patreon? No, I think we talked about that. We did. The, we like the main feed. We've been doing like what I like to call as a dark taper where like we get through all these fun parts and you're kind of hooked in the episode. And then it sort of fizzles to a point where like darkness overtakes us both. And we must deal with the initial uh, like injuries of our own minds and like suffer <laughs> through our, our therapeutic discussions of our darkness. I don't know. It feels good. It's nice. I think it's. All podcasts should have a, like a little bit of darkness in them. I think so too. Uh, the snake was there, Gringo Loco. So, yes, that is to answer your question. That is a sign. Is it? It is a sign. This was a little baby snake, but that was a big snake. A lot of snakes. Yeah, that's interesting. You think there's snakes in my garden? They're... Is it time to take off the rose-colored glasses? Is it time to find out who's been eating my toes off in the night? I'm down to four. Just kidding. That would be crazy, right? If it I like, does, didn't bring it up until there were four toes left. It, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, guys. Uh, someone, <laughs> possibly someone in the night, and it's been, been going on for a while, has been eating off my toes one by one. Well, how many nights has this? Six full nights. Sorry, Peter. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. It just means fantasy. that there's a message that's waiting for you somewhere. All right, well, we have to find the message mm-hmm. from the snake, and it has infected our world surroundings. Welcome to fucking The Sims 5. Is it 5, or are we on 6? Or are we living seven. in 7? I think we're living in 8. Welcome. How do they talk in The Sims? It's like... This building was beautiful. It was like a former event hall. It had a coffee shop next door. Also had a cannabis shop next door. I've been kind of mindful of uh, how stoned I get sometimes, but not recently because I've been getting pretty ripped. And I went next door and I was like, hey, y'all. And they were like, oh, are you one of the fighters? And I was like, I'm one of the fighters. And they were like, you're going to love this weed. And I smoked it and I did love this weed. They, I guess were, I don't know if they sponsored the event or not, but they gave me like a fighter discount, which was lit. And I did get the, the, the utilities and this is all legal there. There's no question of legality. They're like, yeah, like that's your God given right as an American. I mean, as a Canadian to smoke weed. Do you know the Canadian national anthem, Peter? Oh, Canada. Oh, yeah. You ever heard it? I've heard it. Peter, did you think I was about to sing okay? Yes. There's no way in hell I would sing all You got this tw- little twinkle of Oh Canada. Oh Canada. 
Our home and sacred land. It's too much. It's a really beautiful song. Celine does a beautiful version of O Canada. She is, is she Canadian. From there? Yeah, she's Canadian. From Montreal. I believe she's from Montreal. She was married to a man for a long time. What does that mean? Nothing to her. He's gone now. Now our love can last, last forever. You know about Celine? No, tell me. She's got like... Celine's kind of got like a secret thing going on. Okay. She doesn't like talking about it in public. I don't know if you know this. Celine no. has a deep love, a deep love for marshmallows. And for a very long time, her husband would never let her. Joe Michel, please let me have marshmallows. They're very good. They come in little flavors. You can get the miniature ones for hot cocoa on a, sun, on a Sunday morning in the winter. And he's like, no, Celine, you know what that'll do to your throat. You're on a world tour, and you have to sing a cover of Roy Orbison's I Drove All Night. And also, it's going to be in a car commercial. Oh, please, please, just let me have a marshmallow. And so he dies, really tragically. Terrible. The song, uh, how's it go? Uh, uh, It's all coming back to me now here. If I touch you like this, and if you hold me like that. That's not about her dead husband. He died way later than that song being released. But you can feel the yearning for marshmallows sort of in the lyrics. And now, and she still does it in private, but she now has a woman she's allowed to eat marshmallows with. And Good for her. We are all proud of how far Selena's come. And if she would like to come to a big gay brunch, I'm not saying, we're not going to out you as a marshmallow eater, but if you want to come eat a couple marshmallows behind the curtain at the big gay brunch, Celine, we got a spot for you in Chicago, not that far from Canada. You could sing me to the ring. Do you know Elton John, Celine? So Canada, we go to a pizza restaurant and smoke more weed and eat more pizza and everybody ate meatballs and cheesecake it was like a real italian festival here at this restaurant we stay there very late but we had to go to carolina we were going to north carolina the next day yeah we're going from toronto to north carolina baby and we're returning to the cabaris now i've heard it said a few ways mostly probably wrong cabaris cabaris Cabarus? Are you trying to get me to say Carabas? No. <laughs> Cabarus. Cabarus. We're going to call it the Cabarus Arena. And PWX used to run at the Cabarus Arena. My father came to the Cabarus Arena. Now, I need you to understand something. We landed at, say, 11 a.m., all right? The plane from Canada all the way back to North Carolina was delayed a little time. I hung out with uh, Allie in the airport. She can take a nap anywhere. She napped. I had one of the Fantas that actually has orange juice in it in Canada. Have you had these? No, it has Real Fanta. Yeah, they call it Real Fanta because they want to make us feel bad for being Americans. I feel bad. I wonder if that's what I... Because Fanta doesn't taste the same over here. Yeah, I wonder so if that's what I had, had growing up because I loved Orange Fanta when I was a kid. American Orange Fanta is here. garbage. It's terrible. God, that's it's I'm one so of the sorry, worst sodas yeah. of all time. Y'all's fruit sucks too. Wait, like just the fruit itself? It's just literally all fruit. Oh, no. Sauce. You're telling me. You have no idea what I Oh. 
Really? Yeah. We got shitty fruit. But I also had banana trees in my backyard growing up. So. Oh, the fruit. Which I know you can have that in Florida too, but. What other fruits do y'all have there that you're like. Oh, mm. I had a kumquat tree in my backyard. I've told you about this before. I used to call my college roommate my little kumquat. My little kumquat boy. Um, I want to eat the freshest fruits and the ripest meats. So. Are we about to go on a little trip? Let's do it. We need to open a new Patreon level. Sponsor our trip to eat real fruit. Please. This week's episode is sponsored by our Patreon. Have you signed up yet for our Patreon? It's patreon.com slash weekend at Effie's. What are you going to find there? Sporadic ADD posts from me, Effie. And then sometimes Peter's on there posting stuff too. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And you're also going to get... Early episodes. How early? As early as Peter feels like, because I don't put any pressure on him. You're also going to get mini-sodes. Who knows what the fuck this mini-sode's going to sound like, because I ate too many edibles, and that's some of what's on the Patreon. It's like when that happens. Last night I was streaming on Twitch. I posted pictures of the dogs fighting with my pantyhose in their mouth next to me <laughs> on the floor, uh, because that's what was happening in my life. Along with things like interviews with AJ when he wins prizes. So support the Patreon, patreon.com slash weekend at Effie's, or email us, weekend at Effie's at gmail.com, with any sponsorship inquiries, and we will happily put over your fucking elixirs or whatever else you may be looking to sell. Weekend at Effie's, it's also a Patreon. Peter, we got to North Carolina, and Dan Tram probably shouldn't dox people. That's hard to Google. That's his name. He picks us up. Myself, Allie Catch, and Manser. We flew on the babiest little plane. It's one of those planes that has like two and one. You know what I'm talking about? It has two seats and then one seat. This little baby plane. Oh, you mean a um, rock star coffin? Is that what they call them? Yeah. Yeah, it felt like T-Swift let us use her nine-minute private jet affair. But I was like, because part of me is like, oh, yeah, borders, it's serious. Like, nations are a real concept. But then the other part of me is like, Sneak drugs across the border. Who cares? Well, I didn't do that. I would never commit an international crime. But when you're in this type of plane flying over the borders, you're sort of like, we could probably sneak past here without any real consequence if we were cool about it. That little plane flew all the way to North Carolina and got us here. We went to a magical place called the High Spots Warehouse. High Spots Warehouse. Now, I've been here one more time because I did a like an online live auction sale at the High Spots Warehouse, but they've renovated it a lot since then. Have you ever heard of this place, Peter? No. The High Spots Warehouse is where they make all the custom gear for people who order it, all the boots, all the knee pads. They also have every type of signed collectible, every oh, type shit. of 8x10 of wrestling, Funkos, Many things, old school uh, action figures that they made very rare and few of, some that they're not even legally allowed to sell in public for certain reasons, books, comic books, picture books, story books. We found at one point, just we were like, we're just going to, like basically the hotel was not ready yet. And we were like, we're just going to go look through the High Spots Warehouse. That's what I'm getting at. But it is full of so much cool stuff that as a wrestling fan, you're just like, what? This is crazy. And we went around and we found a book from Japan that was a wrestling encyclopedia. And at that year, Combat Zone Wrestling had, I guess, some sort of presence in Japan. And we looked open into that book and found Nick Gage, 
portrait from 2002 in the Japanese wrestling encyclopedia, along with his brother, Justice Payne, may he rest in peace. But this was like looking back through a turn thing. And I looked at the high spots dude, and I was like, we're taking this. And he was like, okay. And I was like, okay. Cause if he hadn't said, okay, you know what I would have said after, do I need to call Nick Gage? Cause you can say that. Like, it's a thing you're allowed to say is like, should I, do I need to let Nick Gage know that there's an issue here? I will call him and sick him on you. Oh no. I just remembered my Memphis legendary moments. Okay. After this, we were like, we got to get to the arena. I'm sorry. It was a glitch, but it was, there's so much emotionally I'm going to have to go through in the next few months, Peter, but I hope I can come out the other side, a concrete legend. Okay. God, they have to look back in the glory of what we're about to do in the span of two weeks, Peter, what I'm going to accomplish just kisses all over. I'm being mysterious right now, but I'm allowed to be mysterious. I'm allowed to do it. We went to the Cabarrus Arena, and I, on this very evening, was signing, was signing. I should have just signed his forehead and told him to fuck off. Was fighting George South. Now, do you know who George South is? No. Well, damn ya. He's a former champion of some sort, and he has my favorite finisher in all of wrestling. Do you know George South's finisher? No. Getting pinned by Ric Flair. (laughs) (laughs) So he's sort of a legendary person in the area. He is very George South for Jesus. He has it on the jacket. And he has trained. Wait, his jacket says George South for Jesus? I think it says GS for Jesus on the jacket. Yeah. So he's trained a lot of the wrestlers from this area. Like historically, they're all Georgia's little kids, whatever. I don't know. This man notoriously will not have any conversations with you about the match. So when we arrive at this building, I'd say 2.30, until the show goes on at 8, until we actually fight at 9.30 or whatever, we have conversations, like human conversations, not about us fighting each other. And so like... It's sort of like living in a mystery world where like as the night progresses, everyone around you kind of knows what's going on mm-hmm. and they're like, what's going on with you? And you're like, I have no idea what's going on. I'm going to just go out there. Could you do that, Peter? Could you just be like, I'm just going to walk out here and do it and fight this man? I mean, I guess i I would be a bundle of nerves up until that point peter it's incredible what a rush what a rush i i knew that it was gonna get rowdy i know that george is sort of known for mouthing off a little bit he starts the match so this is just improv wrestling a hundred percent okay 100 percent improv wrestling and that's the way they used to do it back in the day. Back in the day, you would have your face side and your heel side, and you would not see each other before the show. Someone may feed you and say, hey, kid, his finish is an elbow. Or, hey, kid, watch for the knuckle duster. Hey, kid, they're going to have a, a run-in. Hey, kid, they're going to overturn the finish. But they're not going to fill you in with, like, here's the pattern you're going to follow. So this ancient art of kind of follow the leader, kind of retake control, kind of back and forth, listening and talking and picking your moments of submissiveness and domination 
it's kind of like a lost thing. And we didn't have that much time on the show. And of course, George is running his fucking mouth. But here's, Peter, what I'm going to tell you is where we've made true progress as a culture. Okay? Not just because my dad was filming it on his iPhone from the third row of a seat that he just took. He just took someone's seat. I said, how'd you get a chair? He goes, I just sat in it. I was like, whose is it? And he goes, nobody will tell me anything. So he's filming this. Instead of saying something derogatory with a slur that referenced possibly my homosexuality, this is what George South said, and this is how I know we've made it even further. He said, Effie, you're not a good representative for queer people and youth. And I was like, yeah, dude, that's below the belt. It's not below the belt like, look at this person who is a homosexual using slurs or bad language. It's not that. Now, was he still being a bit sizist and ableist? I think so. But the progress was made in that I was not bad because I was a homosexual. No, of course not. I was a bad representative to other homosexuals. I was going to lead them on a dark path. And Peter, I've heard that a lot this week. I learned about my new favorite kind of person. I kind of gave you a preview to them earlier. They're what I can only assume is a middle-aged person, unless it's just a burner account. And they tweet at TNT and Warner Media to get rid of, I guess, John Moxley. <laughs> because when he choked me, I put my hand on my penis down my pants. Now, people have claimed, and I think we already kind of went over this, they've claimed I was masturbating for pleasure. Uh-huh. There was, there's, I was not in any way set up to masturbate i was very soft and sad like a baby losing all of my oxygen and the blood rushing out of me even in the picture you can see like all the blood is just it's not there it's not where it is i was reverting to my baby form i don't know if you've ever done hot yoga motherfuckers but uh sometimes in child's pose we naturally leave our hands cupping towards our original self so just just because you don't understand you know, beautiful character work and depth doesn't mean that, uh, well, I guess it does mean you still have enough time to tweet at Warner Media that you're mad that I touched myself while I was getting choked. Good on you. Warner Media does not control Effie in any way. So sorry to John Moxley, who also kissed another man a few days after. So with this moral ground, George South had to get his ass kicked. He's He's claimed I'm not a good representative of the gay community. Now, I don't want to reference people just by straight-up name, but Ash Dabbath said this the other day, and I think you'll enjoy this tweet. I liked the tweet. I thought about retweeting the tweet. I didn't. They said, and I've muted most of the people who are arguing about me, so I don't hear a lot of the negative. They responded and said, uh, I don't know if Effie is a good representative for gay people, but I do know that Effie is a good representative for like ADD chaos. <laughs> and I was like, ding, 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 ring the bell. This is it. Effie is only a representative for Effie. There are good things I do. I've supported charities. I've put on gay shows that have helped platform new talent. I have uh, graciously put great matches on with people to give them a bigger platform. There's a lot of cool, great things I've done, okay? I also smoke a lot of weed, and I talk shit, and I don't give a damn, and I go to the sauna, and I spit on the floor, okay? Nobody's fucking perfect. Nobody's magic. 
So if you're looking at me and your main complaint is that I can't be a, a goodwill representative for all, like the fucking Cinderella fairy princess with her pumpkin ass. It wasn't a pumpkin ass. It was like a pumpkin car yeah. with her fucking pumpkin car and her rat horses. Y'all can suck my fat dick. Okay? That's bullshit. I'm a pro wrestler, you dumb idiots. Peter, here's the gimmick I'm doing. I probably shouldn't share this gimmick. This is the gimmick, and it's kind of a metaphorical gimmick, but it only became a metaphor after the fact. I show up to every show I'm booked on, and the opening segment is me going, they've lost my luggage, Peter. All my luggage is gone. But I'm going to find something to wear, and I'm going to perform for you tonight. Have I told you this before, no. Peter? And then later in the night, and I usually perform a little later in the night on shows. I'm not being a you know selfish asshole by admitting that. Later in the night, I come out. And I'm in full clown outfit. So like full clown shoes, full clown pants, full clown wig, full clown makeup, all of it. Probably a squirting flower too. And I really don't acknowledge it, but there's sort of an understanding of like, this can't be the only thing they had here for him to wear. And this took a lot more effort than what his usual ring gear is. And then another show comes, they kind of are like, I don't know, it's probably just a weird bit. Like, he's just doing a thing. And it happens at every single show. Every single show, I say they've lost my bags. And every single show, I come out in full clown makeup, whether it costs me the match or not. The whole shebang. And I wrestle as a clown, but I don't acknowledge that I'm wrestling as a clown. And then someone finally holds me up and they go, listen, man, get it together. All right, this isn't, they're not losing your bag. You hid your bag behind the closet door here. And you just, you brought all this clown stuff. You brought it with you. And I'm like, hey man, no, that's not the people, you know, I told him. He's like, no. He goes, no, I'm going to challenge you to one last fight. And if I beat you, you have to admit you're a fucking clown. And I go, but you can't beat me. And he goes, I know I can beat you because I know you're a fucking clown. And I go, I'm not a clown. It's just what they had for me to wear. And I'm sorry the airlines have given me a lot of bad luck in the recent months leading up to this moment. And then all of a sudden we have the fight. And he puts me in what I imagine would be like some kind of lock of my funny bone just out of irony. And I have to give up. I have to admit, I'm a clown. I've always been a clown. I've never been anything but a clown. And if you have ever looked at me and seen anything but a big, dopey, idiot clown falling down the stairs through a table with barbed wire in my wig, covered in scars and blood and paint. You're a fool. So don't look to me to be Jesus. They put him on the cross at 33. I'm trying to ride this son bitch out till it sunsets, and I'm hundreds of years old. Minimum 500 years old. I'm not here to be a role model. Kids love me. Sorry. Sorry I'm entertaining as shit and fun to look at and have bright colors and make silly faces when I beat people up and get kissed by members of the shield. Sorry my life is fucking lit all the time. Sorry I'm going to continually have cool announcements about me with cool matches. People still think I've like funded companies. They think I fund them. They think I'm paying for companies to exist so that I can be Effie in some sort of weird giant trick. No. Not the case at all. People want Effie. Effie is over. Gabe Sapolsky. You know Gabe Sapolsky? I know the name. Former head of Evolve. Former WWE coffee guy. He did a Spaces. And I didn't listen to it. 
But someone texted me. I think they I were was listening thinking to the it. guy from Cobra Starship. Gabe Saporta, who we haven't even gotten to Ryan Rainbow very famous yet. We will. We're I'm did driving ever, this out. Did I ever tell you that I did I shot for a Home Depot corporate event where they played in Cancun? I hope there weren't any snakes on their plane. <laughs> God, I hate it. So speaking of Gabe Saporta. Allie Catch believes my friend Ryan Rainbow looks like Gabe Saporta. The point of the clown story, I guess, was like, if like I don't have to be your fucking moral standing. Like I'm not your moral stand. I'm a clown. I'm a big clown, and I'm admitting it. But I'm still gonna do the clown bit for like four months at a promotion. How awesome I'm, is that gonna be every it's night? It's amazing. It's magic. The clown. Uh, but I am the clown. What I don't know is Pagliacci's a sad son of a bitch or whatever. I don't know. Um, Ryan Rainbow came all the way from Chucktown, South Carolina, to the, the Queen City, Charlotte, and was going to be helping the GCW crew by driving us to Atlanta. Now, me and Ryan Rainbow, we go way back. I would be a fool to skip around this. Ryan Rainbow played in a band called EVA, Eat Vegetables Always. They were a lit band. They wrote one of, my, one of my favorite songs called Why Are You White? Uh, makes you think. And he... Also, is the originator of the pro-homo movement. He made a shirt for his band a long time ago. It said pro-homo. Some people are gay, get over it. And I paid him, I think, $40 to give that to me, and I made my own shirt version of it, and we did a charity shirt, and it was lit. Oh, so wow. he's a he's very famous. He knows everyone. He knows all people in all bands. Like, if you know a band, he'll be like, oh, I was hanging out with him last week. And I'm not just talking about, like, if you were like, oh, Fred Durst of Limp Biscuit, he'd be like, of course. Yeah, like, I know Fred. Like, me and Fred Durst hang out all the time. But also, like, Charlie XCX. And then he'll be like, WWE Divas? And he's like, I know them all. I don't know. He's just very famous. I can't, you can't beat around it. It's just a fact. He drove us from Charlotte to Atlanta. I'm not done with this George South match yet, though. Because I threw this man into a door, Peter, and I look up, <laughs> and he's covered in blood. He's covered in blood. And in this promo he cut earlier in the night where he was like screaming about me, he said, not only am I fighting him, George South, I'm also fighting Dirty Dick Slater and Terry Funk. And I think the ghost of Gene LaBelle was mentioned. I don't know. He also had a barbed wire bat that he, I kept flicking it at him when I got a hold of it. But then I got kind of put into a moment of submissiveness, if you will, and was hanging upside down. And he racked me in the nuts with a barbed wire bat twice. And it was so, it was very uncomfortable to be racketed in the nuts with a barbed wire bat. And the barbs kind of stick in and pull out. And the real worry is this, Peter. There's nothing under there. It's We're riding a waffle dick wave. It's pantyhose and trunks. So if it would catch and like do a rip, I'd be just hanging upside down waffle dicking with the the latex pulled aside be like a mystery either way i sit on his face with the barbed wire bat i get a victory he's covered in blood everybody's crying he flicks me off my dad says it was incredible and not to lose any more weight charlotte north carolina i've come back home we get in the car and it's me and dark chic and alley catch ryan rainbow's car is not big enough for all of us are you still processing this yeah i am okay do you did you have a question or do you no, want me to I'm just process? Just a it. lot of processing. Yeah. Someone said, uh, does Peter just like hearing you talk? 
<laughs> it's true. I and do. I was like, <laughs> I think so. they were like, you, I don't even know sometimes if Peter is there. And I was like, is that, I'm sorry. And they were like, it's okay. He seems to speak when he wants to. <laughs> it's Yeah, exactly. But I also kind of fill a lot of airspace and I can't help that. We drove home. Now, Dark Sheik and myself have been spending a lot of wonderful time together. We are now spending more time together on the road all weekend for this event, except for Toronto. We were not together in Toronto. We got together in North Carolina. We rode together to Atlanta. We ate edibles in the car together. We are both cannabis friend fans. Fans? Friends? Can you be friends with cannabis? You can. I think that might be like a one-way street, right? Because you're consuming it? Is that what well, you're Well, because like, they're not going to be friends back with you, are they? Maybe they'll give I you better so. highs if you're cool with them. There's actually there's a whole branch of thinking that we smoke cannabis wrong in this country and that it's actually supposed to be used more as like a ritualistic kind of thing uh, there's some interesting books i've read on it uh the ritual for me is just ripping that bong you know it's a ritual i, you, I think you should do what you want it's a lit ritual a ritual mm-hmm. there should be rituals i definitely smoke it recreationally and not but i do smoke it ritually sometimes too yeah you can have both you can have both parts of it i smoke camel blues religiously when I'm out there just like staring at the stars, feeling the vibrations of the fungus, you know, like that feels religious, you know, I've been to a church and they're kind of, it's, there's similarities to it. I don't know. It's fine. We rode through the night and this edible hit and we just like, Ryan Rainbow is like this mysterious creature where like, we're all kind of like falling asleep sort of. And then all of a sudden, like every song from 2002 starts playing and it's insane, but we had such a good time. Luckily, when we got to Atlanta, now this week I did, I boarded Bebop because I was like, we got people in the house. It's a lot. Yeah. He gets crazy. He's going to pee on stuff. Let's send him on a play date. So we sent Bebop on a play date. Cranberry was there hanging out because AJ went to have a sleepover party at one of his friends' house. Oh, nice. So he was like, I'm not going to be in the house with all those so, people. B- board the boyfriend, board the dog. Board the boyfriend, boarded the dog, brought the friends home. We set up shop. Cranberry is so happy to see everybody. Cranberry just ignored me the rest of the night. Like She was like, <laughs> I, like not that it was a long time, like we went to bed, but she was like, ah, there's new people here. And especially when there's like girls in the house, she's like, feminine energy, I need this so bad. We wake up the next day to the knock on the door, AJ has not come home yet. Now, this isn't, I'm not like worried. Like, it's not like, oh my God, like we better call Dateline and see if we can get a story set up for next week. This is more like, who's at our door? And then I remembered AJ's parents are coming to town because he invited them to come see the GCW show. Oh no. So they knock on the door. Ryan Rainbow, very famous, answers the door and he's like, AJ's not here. So they're just like looking into our house. There's just like people sleeping on the floor. Your son is not anywhere to be found. Uh, good luck. Like, hope you find him. And they just, I guess, went to the aquarium on their own. They were just like, <laughs> okay, we're going to go do stuff. And dipped out and went to the aquarium. AJ calls me kind of just like frantically. And he's like, I'm coming. I'm coming home. And he goes to get with his parents. So I don't see him much the rest of the day. Everybody starts getting into Atlanta. Now, a lot of the people stayed in Greenville, South Carolina, which is crazy to me because they were all probably like two miles from my childhood home. I grew up in Greer, Peter, out there in Greer by the GSP airport over there off 14. 
You know about where that is. Over there where Greer hits Taylor's, over there on Wayhampton Boulevard. Not all the way out to TR, Travers Rest. You know about Travers Rest. I got a lot of travelers resting up there. Uh, South Carolina is my my land, the land I'm of my heart. You shaved your beard before doing. It. Yeah, right. It would have just it's. Yeah, I locked locked them in a trailer and tortured them. That's what a day. That's what it would have looked like. They all stayed in Greenville, so it was like all of my uh, childhood history was rubbing off on everyone as they entered the space. But we made it to the apartment, and everyone got to come see the beauty of the rooftop and the porch and the dog. And uh, all the Atlanta accoutrements and the weather being perfect. And I kept saying the old Southern phrase of like, it's close enough to walk to. And they're like, when are we going to walk there? And I was like, it's a phrase. We're not walking there. (laughs) My neck is very sore. That Gringo Loco match was like insane. Like I did so much crazy shit. The George South match, like I didn't do that much crazy shit. But we were just hitting each other in the head with stuff. And then Saturday's match. My fucking God, at the center stage. I said to Ricky Morton on Friday in Charlotte, I said, Ricky Morton, we're going to center stage tomorrow. What do you remember about center stage as a wrestling venue? And he said, damn. He said, I remember this. I don't know if I'm supposed to tell this. I don't care. I'm telling it. Ricky Morton said, when we used to do WCW TV, uh, oh, uh, oh, Leon White came in there. Now, you might know him as Vader. But he's Leon White to me. He come in there, and Paul Orndorff seen him talking shit. And he beat his ass. Kicked his ass all over. And then Leon got back up, got in his face, looking at him all mean and like. And then he kicked his ass again. Stomped on him in the sandals. Beat his ass all over center stage. So y'all have fun there tomorrow. (laughs) Well, I was told later that, no, that story is bullshit completely. I'm sure it lies somewhere in the middle that Vader and Paul Orndorff were fighting in the center stage, but it is a historic venue. And this Friday, we go see Lady Gaga at the Truist Park Brave Stadium with a new special start time of 8.30 because they're giving her a little extra rest time to get ready. Lady Gaga also played that center stage. We brought it up here before. I've talked about it before. It's a marvelous venue. It's beautiful to be a part of. We had a big fight ahead of us. Los Macizos and Jimmy Lloyd against Bussy and Dark Sheik. It's going to be a bloodbath. A bloodbath, Peter. You didn't get to come to this, and it's fine. Because I miss you, but I still had to just do my duty and my function. But AJ and his mom most certainly came to this event. They were getting so rowdy the whole time. Billy Starks, who is a 17-year-old sensation in the ring, uh, one of AJ's mom's favorites, she kept saying, I'm going to go beat somebody up. If they mess with her, which obviously they were going to mess with her, you know, you got bad boys showing up, trying to cause problems, beating people up. But when it came to the main event and nobody knows what Jimmy Lloyd was listening to in the headphones, see, Clope put his headphones on Jimmy Lloyd and Jimmy Lloyd was rocking out for the first part of the match, rocking out. No one knows to what and he won't tell anyone. We'll it never was, know. It was this podcast. It could have been Mushroom Head. It could have been this podcast. Probably more likely this podcast than Mushroom Head. I don't know. Jimmy's got a wide variety of tastes. Mushroom Head? I don't know. You ever listen to Mushroom Head? <laughs> Unfortunately, You don't come yes. back from that. That's You really don't. There's, there's people who've heard Mushroom Head and people who are living happily in this world. <laughs> Just look away, kids. It's not worth your time. It's not worth your heart. They cheered and stomped and... Dark Sheet got suplexed off the top of this building. You know, like there's that entry archway. Yeah. They flipped Dark Sheik's ass all the way over the top of that. She looked like she was going to die. 
I was looking up from the ring. I said, oh my God, we'd fought all over the building. I was beating people with chairs, catching dives, smacking people in the head with stuff, getting tubes in my hair. I had tubes in my hair two days later, Peter. Those tubes get stuck in your hair, and if you fight it, your hair all falls out. It gets very thin, and I have to go into the war game soon, and I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it at all, but I'm definitely going to get glass in my hair. It's going to be a bloodbath. War games, please come, I think. Witness me die, everyone. It's going to be great. Bussy's going to win. Ugh. This is, I have a hellacious, a hellacious path ahead of me, Peter. What are you going to do? We finished the show. Everybody's having a grand old time. Uh, I learned from my past mistakes, and we just ordered the food on DoorDash. We didn't try to go to a restaurant. I didn't try to get everybody to their uh, hotels. I didn't try to help in that aspect. Drove out of there and went to my house, Peter, and I went my ass to bed. And on Sunday, you know what I did? Nothing, Peter. Beautiful. Nothing. It was fantastic, marvelous, relaxing. I ate a ton of edibles. I chilled with my lovely boyfriend. It was a fucking weekend, Peter. And it didn't all have to go to nonstop travel. Even though the Thursday start to things kind of puts a weird time perception on everything. I mean, you were in Canada. For 20 hours, I went to Canada. That's like absurd. Someone should be asking more questions. I don't want them to because obviously I want convenience. But if this dude is in and out of Canada in 20 hours, they did a thing where we were like in this really long line where I, I like believe Gringo Loco. I was like, Gringo, I believe he was like, you got to get there early. There's line is crazy. I was like, I believe you, but I don't believe you. And so we get there and I was like, oh, my God, they should have told us this line is crazy. But then this lady was like, wait, are y'all citizens? And we were like, of the United States we are. And she was like, yeah, 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 go over here. And she sent us through the handicap line, which I don't know if it was legal. Like, I don't think we were supposed to, but she sent us there. That was a person that was supposed to send people. We rocked up through that line and got right through. And, of course, Damn. they asked me if I won. I said I did not win. It was beautiful. I love that when they think it's real and they're like, oh, I'm emotionally affected by it. Usually they'll just let you go if you say you lost. Because if you win, you can be too cocky and they think you're stealing gold back into the country. But if you lost, you know, what's the worst thing you're going to be sneaking back in? Cigarettes that are too expensive without filters on them? I doubt it. I'm cooked. <laughs> I'm cooked. Your dog's licking me. I love it. I really love it. Do you want to do questions? Yeah, dude. We should do Let's questions. Do Weekend at Effie's on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Weekend at Effie's. More weird content coming soon. Uh, more interesting content coming soon. I will be posting more as I film it and create it. Some of this stuff is absolutely bizarre or strange, but I think it is of interest to you. If you're already supporting, thank you. We're going to auction off when we hit 100 patrons. We have a little more time. Not auction off, but we're raffling off a... Uh, an Effie Award, which have not been available for a very long time. So first of the first 100 patrons, you're in that. If you're already Patreoning, you're in it. If not, get in there. It's only the first 100. You've got a few more to go. Let's see what we can do. Peter, uh, should I ask you the questions that are for you so that you don't feel like you're answering your own question? Sure. Yeah, we can try that. I don't know. Is it too much? No, no, no. no. I like that. Okay. I actually really appreciate that. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it would sound cool. Uh, real quick, I want to answer two questions that we didn't hit last week because we okay. had so many, and they're real quick. <laughs> the answer for one of them might be readily accessible. Okay. What's the biggest edible you've ever eaten? 
Um, I ate one of those thousand milligram nerds robes solo, and that was as far as I need to ever go. That. Yeah, that sounds intense. What was your answer to um, this? What's the I biggest don't have edible? an actual like measurement to them, but it was homemade edible pancakes. You don't even I, know where that could go. No. You ate a stack of pancakes, didn't you? I ate a couple stacks of pancakes. Because <laughs> you just forget. Oh, yeah. You're just like, these are good pancakes. pancakes. These are great pancakes we've got here. Uh, second, what was the what kind of cake did you have out of the cake vending machine? Great question. I had the chocolate vanilla duo cake with like fudgy frosting, but it's got the chocolate and vanilla cake with the fudgy frosting. I did not have the rainbow cake. I've had it before. They also have it at some of the area chilies. If you want to try the cake boss rainbow cake, I don't think the cake boss is a real person, but we'll go to the next question. Didn't you have a bunch of like legal issues or something? I don't know. I just like, like some had mafia a, shit. Or I had a real breakdown over some that. television that featured the cake boss, and I can't go back. You know, I kind of <laughs> turned it off. I'm gonna be honest. It's it's a really dark place for me. Okay, our first question from Patreon. Uh, another thing with Patreon is you get your questions answered. <laughs> your first. questions are deaf getting answered because we can't answer every question. There's a hundred questions, Peter. Uh, this is from Rosalie. For both of you, if you could hang out with any of the universal monsters, who would you want to hang out with? Or if your feelings about them are complicated, how about a fuck, Mary kill with the universal monsters? This is easy, dude. Okay. You fuck the swamp monster. A hundred percent. Because it's just lubed yeah. up already. And plus you already have like a cinematic example of this happening. Yeah. You kill Frankenstein and then you marry the bride of Frankenstein. Does she count? Yeah, I think so. Who are the other ones? Like Dracula? Dracula, the mummy. I would secondary. I think you get more than one fuck. I would kill Dracula. I mean, I would fuck Dracula yeah, and then kill him. <laughs> like while he's... Because vampires can't like nut, right? That's one of their curses. I believe. You I've, live forever and you I don't, can't like... I think the Twilight vampires nutted though. I just feel like every time they get towards having sex, every time a vampire is like right there, like at the dawn of hitting a goal or whatever they call it in baseball, a home run at the dawn of every Dracula hitting a home run, he just sucks the neck and like never goes further. He could fuck and then suck the neck, but he just sucks the neck. And so it's like, are y'all even really in it for the nookie or was Fred Durst lying to everyone? Why did you do it all? I don't know. So I would fuck and kill the Dracula and then the mummy. I would, I could marry a mummy. I bet they have a tomb full of golden treasures. I mean, all the mummies in the mummy movies were hot. Would you also, you said you would fuck the swamp thing. I think now that I'm thinking about, it, I think I would fuck the mummy. The mummy was super hot in that movie. In which movie? Like the original old, the, like, well, the, yeah, the Brendan Fraser one. Oh, I would okay. also fuck Brendan Fraser. <laughs> as long we as would, we're like at it. No, I, I thought you were talking about the Tom Frazier. Cruise one. I would. Uh, I was thinking about that too because Tom Cruise is just fascinating to me. He's the only person that Scientology seems to be working for. It's yeah. It's uh, his transformation into uh, endless time, which has been really fascinating <laughs> yeah. to watch. Uh, I, for one, am excited for Mission Impossible Ten. Uh, when he's just a fragment of a hologram, yeah. a, a glintel in the hemisphere because we've sent him to space somehow. The, no, he's actually doing a movie and he got a deal with um, someone that had, that 
has like a bunch of stake invested in the space station and they're trying to get Spielberg and Tom Cruise up there to make the first movie in space. What if it's just a terrible movie? What if they like make it's the room in space? <laughs> and he, and he's just like Tom Cruise floats across the room and he catches the football and he's just like posed there. I did not just pulls off into space. Tom Cruise, everybody, we miss him. There'd have to be one pranking like PA on the set that was like, I pushed him off the spaceship, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I'm the one. They're like, we're going to punish you. And he's like, I've, I've reduced the punishment of this whole earth. What could you do to me that has not been done? Okay, this question is from Vampet. That's fitting for what we were just talking Vampet. about. Um, and excuse me if I mispronounce any of these, it will happen. I think of it like a pamphlet, like a Vamflet pamphlet. I think that, yeah. Vamflet. Vamflet pamphlet. For both Effie and Peter, what's your favorite musical, and what's one song currently that you have to turn the volume up when you hear it? So favorite musical and favorite jam at the moment. Okay, so my all-time favorite musical is The Producers. And I think I saw The Producers on Broadway when I was like 13 or 14, and I think the first time I heard Keep It Gay, I like, you kind of like, no, you know? You're just like... Oh, you can celebrate it. So I think that one always has a place in my heart. And now here's where, so sometimes I hook up my Bluetooth in the car and I like listen to music or podcasts. And then sometimes I just listen to top 40 garbage radio. Mm -hmm. And there's this song about a sunroof right now about he's got his head in the sunroof and he's going to blast his favorite tune living in the sunroof. And now I'm going to think of you. Love the sunroof song. Whatever's going on with the sunroof song, I got a head in the sunroof, and now it's another tune. <laughs> it is a song. I just looked at the up. sunroof song yeah. is the turn up jam of the summer. I thought it was going to be Beyonce. You won't break my hole. You won't break my hole. Is that? Oh God, <laughs> I'm telling everybody. <laughs> um, favorite musical for me. I think it has. Wait, wait, wait. Peter, what's your favorite musical? Thank you. Uh, my favorite musical is probably Pirates of the Penzance. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I've never seen Pirates of the Penzance. Uh, it was my favorite when I was a kid because I don't watch too many musicals as an adult. Have Is this something many people have seen and I've just like been out of the loop? Um, Rodgers and Hammerstein? Is it? Yes. Wow. Uh, I've only seen like an updated, modernized version of it. Can I get and a plot I of it this? Was hilarious, just pirates of the Penzance. Uh huh. Is Penzance a place? It's not, I believe so. Or is it a boat? I don't remember much about it other than like the Spice Girls jokes that they were making. This is like a modern version. Then. <laughs> yeah. This is Rogers and Hammerstein. One of them died suddenly. I believe so. I don't care. I do care. No, but I can't. Gilbert and Sullivan, not Rogers and Hammerstein. Gilbert and Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Now. Oh, that was Swiss Family Robinson. Yes. Okay. Those are different things. Those are, yeah. What year was this? A long time ago. Wow. I want to watch this movie, you Peter. You should. And Peter, what's your current Turn It Up jam? Um, Happiness by the 1975. I'm Let's go. 1975 stan. One time I went to see the 1975. Oh, did you? With my good friend, who is a drag queen by night and uh children's elementary school spanish teacher by day we went to this concert we were the only people there over the age of 22 (laughs) and it was by a lot 
and it was mostly what I can only assume are 14-year-old girls and then us. The woman in the beer tent was like surprised to see us there. She was like, are you, you know what this is? And we were like, we're, we're aware. And it was very cute. A very cute concert. I don't know. I'm who, sure. Who are they playing with? Uh, Japanese breakfast. Okay. Delicious. Very cool. Well, in, I haven't had my Japanese breakfast yet, but as a band, the music. Uh, they did a song delicious. on the new record. Did they? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm excited. Um, I saw them open for the neighborhood at center stage. Center stage. See, look at this. Look at the way things are rounding together. No one had any idea. I caught them. This is like real hipster shit yeah. on my part, but I caught them before they caught their first big wave. No one knew who the fuck they were. It was fantastic. Here's the thing about the 1975 that I really enjoy. There was this element and it really has to do more with a lack of selection of like bands used to be more dramatic. Like rock stars used to be a little more dramatic. Mm -hmm. So they just did this thing where they released these like three albums that were connected in some way. And then they're like, and now we're done with that. We're not doing it anymore. And you're like, what? And they're like, we're in a different direction now. We're not even the same band. I don't even know if we're going to play those songs again. And you're like, God, fuck you. But also, okay, I see. Like, control, control your spirit. Control your narrative here, pal. You're in control of the music. You're in a new direction. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, you know, this song that's the greatest pop song you've ever heard in your whole life? It's about how bad heroin is. It's so bad. It's the worst. <laughs> in terms of, like, everything, you know, looking out into a crowd of people here, it's the fucking worst. Here's the best song you've ever heard. It's about how bad it is. Heroin's awful. It's awful. Now get up off your feet, everybody. Let's do a big clap dance together. I think you have to get used to that as a, mu- as a, mu- a musician. Um, as a musician? What are, they, what are they called? Musicians. Musicians. As a musician, you have to get used to the fact that you're like, there's a crowd of 30,000 screaming people out here for you guys. Are you ready? And then you go out and you're ready. And it's like every night it's just middle school kids. And you're like, is anything we're doing matter? Does anything we do matter? I think like there has to just be like when the reflected look like this is why Taylor Swift had to go away for a minute. She was like, I can't keep singing to middle schoolers. I'm an old woman now. I'm a grown woman. Either way, the 1975 slaps. I had so much fun at their show. Sorry to take your answer away from you, Peter. No, that was Magicians? Amazing. Musicians? Oh, goodness. Any more uh, questions? Uh, the, okay, this is for Effie. Uh, this may be too inside-based. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was amazing. Uh, we just have little pockets here where we find gold. Um, Hi, Lucy. This may be too inside baseball, so I understand if you don't answer, but I'm curious how much, I'm I'm super curious what calling a match involves. How much of a typical match is planned versus improvised or called in ring? How much does it change from wrestler to wrestler? It changes so much all the time. I'm actually, like I've found myself more fascinated in watching people call a match over actually watching the match happen and seeing sort of like, Like the only way to describe it is every week we do a rushed group project. Every single week of my career is just doing rushed group projects over and over. Have we discussed that before Mm -hmm. here? So every person that you get with is a different person. Every person, you know, and 
the adaptability of playing to people's strengths and being able to go like, hey, if this person needs every step called in the ring, I can do it. If this person wants to feel things out, I can do it. If this guy isn't going to speak to me until I get in the ring, I can also do it. There are different steps to that. And like being able to fall in any circumstance and wrestle in those circumstances, you know, if you like show up to a show, like I've showed up to shows and like parked the car real quick and wrestled, being able to do that as a skill, like it helps as a professional when things go wrong, it does not sink the ship. And so I think when I'm approaching a match, I'm trying to call it with all of the factors considered, what room are we in front of? Who are you? What's going to help you feel more comfortable in this? If I'm making you uncomfortable in the way I'm calling the match, whether it be like I'm putting too much together or I'm like not pacing things the right way for you, or I'm saying words or concepts that aren't real, that don't sound real. And like, you need them more explained. I want to find the balance to like make the easiest form of that match happening. That isn't, that like works to your brain. So I, I am taking on more of the responsibility to be sure that anyone I show up against, I'll be able to kind of match them and meet them where they're at. You know, Mm -hmm. it's fun, but it's also, it's the job. It's the job, baby. Imagine working at Cirque du Soleil and like, you just like do the most impressive shit you've ever done, but it's the exact same every single night. And you're like, I know what I'm about to feel like about to do this thing. It would be kind of like nice, but it's not the luxury we're afforded. John Cena could do it for a minute, but he's still got different opponents and different things. He's got to cut promos. He's got to, you know, do this. Can't see me. <laughs> so there's a lot of different stuff that changes, you know, whether they think they're doing the same match or not. It's easy to have the same match every night, every night if you want to. I said every night twice. I just want to acknowledge that. That's as deep as I can get into it. But it's fun to see. And then sort of like when stuff changes, we're the only ones that know. You have to remind people of that sometimes. They're like, oh, we didn't do that thing, and then that changed, and then that wasn't there. It's like we're the only ones who know. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. Did we get through the match? Did we fill the time? Did we have fun? Did we provide an entertainment escape for a group of people? All right, sick. We didn't need it then. It's magic. 